Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. You know, you lose four in a row, you got you got to figure out the only way to, to get rid of that sting is to win. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. Unfortunately, it's never fun going into a buy on a loss. So now we got to you got to um, self. I am tired of hearing about your dreams. You suck. Oh, uh, yeah, you think? It's Bears Nation, baby. With your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Strap it in. It's the Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, November 17th, Bears Nation podcast, nailed the date right there, we're back on track. We are back after a little uh, off, a little bit time off, a little breaky break for the bye week, but we're back, it's been a week, over a week, right, because we didn't do an episode last, did we do an episode last Wednesday? No, right? Yeah, yeah, we did because we, we, uh, did we? I think we, I don't know, I think we missed two shows. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm almost positive. The fact that we don't know that is It's hard. really good that we keep track of our show as much as we do. It's great. Great. All right, it's anyway, great. it's been about a week, roughly, since we've last talked to all of you people, all of you fine listeners and viewers, and we're here to talk about it after the bye, talk about some stuff, talk about some news, talk about the upcoming Ravens game, which the Bears have on Sunday night football. No. No, Sunday afternoon. Why would we be on Sunday Night Football? I don't know, man. Game? Where is what universe is this guy in right now? I don't Where? know, dude. My my brain is mashed potatoes. Fair right? enough. You got a long day. I I'm not gonna blame you. They play an X on Sunday night against the Packers on December 12th, so they do have one more Sunday nighter. Okay, it's um, Ravens at a normal time. It's, it's at noon on Sunday, and then the Lions on prime time, if that's what you want to call it on Thanksgiving Day. That's prime time. Let's, anyway, let, no, no, wait. we have to, real quick. Let's get this out of the way. That is prime time. I will die in the hill. Because because all of America is watching that one game. There's no other competing game at that time. That's so fair. I'm calling it primetime. Okay, that's fair. I'll accept those those terms. But we're going to talk about it. We'll talk about the Ravens game. We'll talk about some stuff that happened over the bye week for the Bears. Kevin, I mean, should we start with newsy stuff? I feel like that's... Sure, what newsy stuff do we have, Jake? What do you I mean, have we have for Tevin me? Jenkins practicing. Sure, that's newsy. I mean, I so we have the news that they're going to kind of switch him from left to right. Well, just uh, and that he's been practicing. Anyway. Right. Well, yes. And and he's entered the window, the 21-day window return from IR. He's currently listed as questionable for Sunday. Yeah, um, I think you're in a situation where you don't have to rush him back for any reason. No. It, uh, unless, I mean, odds are Jason Peters is going to go out for a snap or two because he's going to roll his ankle or something. He's going to, you know, get it taped up and come back. I feel like this happens every other game. Like, Jason Peters is, like, walking up the sideline gingerly, and we're like, oh, shit. We, we got a problem. Elijah Wilkinson's in. We're screwed. So maybe Tevin Jenkins will see some time there. But I think at least for this week, even if he's healthy and ready to go, why rush him back, right? I mean, Larry right. Borum, you know, although it's not a great sample size, he played well against Nick Bosa and the 49ers. Jason Peters has been good enough for you uh, with the back injury. He's with, been your best lineman. Yeah. So would you – I mean, the question I Which think people are having is like, he's coming back. He's your coveted second-round pick. You've got – an older guy and a fifth rounder on both sides. Do you put him in there immediately when healthy or do you wait it out until somebody makes a mistake? I think you just wait it out. I mean, I think you do like what you did with James Daniels when he was a rookie, you pitch, you pitch count him. You okay. send him in, in and out <laughs> rotationally, you know, send him in as a six lineman, send him in as, you know, an extra Like lineman. they do with bars. 
you right. know, they've been exactly. doing okay. Throw them in, and you can, and in that case, you can put them on the left and right side in game situations. You put them as the extra lineman, okay, on the left side. All right, now he's getting used to putting right. playing with a man on his right. Okay, now do it on the far right side as the extra lineman. Okay, now he's used to playing with someone on his left. Just get acclimated, you, yeah. Right, and as you said, they're having him practice at both spots because obviously Peters has played really great. There's been some rumors that Larry Borum is going to be the long-term left tackle, which is fine. I mean, it doesn't really matter, I guess. But, you know, I mean, I, I don't see the downside in having him practice at both. The thing is, like, I think you would be more inclined to rush him if the line was playing bad. Yeah. Like, Larry Borum's played well, you know, and, and in the case of Tevin Jenkins, he's got to get back up to speed. So I don't think Tevin Jenkins would be better than Larry Borum at this moment in time. Jason Peters has been your best offensive lineman, which is insane to say 10 weeks in. We never thought we'd be saying that a couple months, you know, in August, if you, if you went back and told you know me from three months ago that we'd be saying Jason Peters has been the bears best offensive lineman would have laughed in your face. Like it would have said no way, but I mean, here we are. And that's the fact of the matter. So you're not going to have Tevin Jenkins replace him straight away. So I think the best option is to just have him be that extra lineman because uh, and that's where I think you have the clearest upgrade over either Alex bars and or Elijah Wilkinson. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, and I think that's just, you give him opportunity to just at least get game action. I right. mean, people, it's like, you forget he's a rookie and typically rookie offensive linemen are not, you know, the best comparatively. Like we talk about uh, with tight ends, right? Like sure. tight ends you takes, know, typically a need, take, takes more time. Typically that's just the way things work. For whatever reason, it's just a harder position to get down. You're also pretty much facing the most dominant athletes, I think, on that side. Like, if you are asked to go up against a Miles Garrett or a player like that, like, that's going to be the most daunting matchup on the football field. So I think that is part of the reason that that's the case. So, yeah, you throw them out there in some of the sets that they've been doing, and they've been doing this more frequently, and they should do it more frequently if they want to continue to run those power runs or or you want to start to do, you know, Justin Fields design runs, then those opportunities will be there. Um and again, he's questionable. We don't know if he's going to play, but it's encouraging to see that he's at least on his way back because at the time of injury, we were unsure what the timetable was. I mean, there was rumors it could be eight, seven, it could be year long. We didn't really know. So now we have this window, we have a set time, and it's just we're in a comfortable spot because we know we don't have to rush him back. So you're feeling good with where you're at with Tevin Jenkins uh, in, in that aspect. So I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, you're happy that, you, I mean, because there was legitimate concern that he wouldn't play at all this year so you're happy to just even have him practicing I I think the one thing I'm worried about with the Bears is that they they activate him off the IR and then he just stands on the sideline all year because then what's the point in that case so it's kind of like that's yeah I mean that that would just be dumb (laughs) yeah so that would be a, a problem and I mean when you could use that roster spot for someone else or someone who's actually going to get those reps so I mean that's fine um, before we get into the preview of the Ravens, and I mean, this could kind of segue into this, but uh, injury report from today, a lot of did not practices. Akeem Hicks didn't practice. Eddie Jackson didn't practice. Cleo Mack didn't practice. Alan Robinson didn't practice. Danny Trevathan did not practice. I mean, uh, the Cle- biggest yeah. ones, uh, the, the biggest ones and the ones we're watching the most, Eddie Jackson and Cleo Mack, because you saw what the defense looked like without those guys and the drop-off that you had against Pittsburgh without those guys. I mean, it's, it's not great. I mean, especially when you're about to face Lamar Jackson, who is notably (laughs) better than Ben Roethlisberger. 
So uh, despite the bye week and they're still both coming out first day, did not practice, not an encouraging sign. No, I mean, so the thing is, we're recording this on Wednesday, and typically we, we see this a lot on Wednesday. And specifically, more specifically with players like Khalil Mack, there have been numerous weeks this year where he has not practiced once. He has not practiced once all week and has played on Sunday. We have to remember, too, coming off the bye, they've had more rest. They've had more time. Um, I you, you naturally, because of that, feel more positive about the injury report and the do not practices because – they had a whole week, and maybe it is precautionary. So once we get down to Friday, once we get down to Thursday afternoon, we start to see the uh, the injury reports from then. Then you can start to get worried if you see those accumulate for guys like Akeem Hicks, for guys like Eddie Jackson. But for Khalil Mack, I, I do think he's probably going to play um, just given what we've seen in the past of him being able to not practice and play. But, yes, I mean, that's it's concerning. It, but on the same end of that, like, the Ravens have not been healthy either. And this is this for them. It's been like sure. a grander thing where they've just put a lot of players on IR. I don't know if you had their injury report available, but obviously you go down the list, you look at JK Dobbins, you look at uh, some of the other defensive guys. Well, I mean, they were, are, they were are, really like JK Dobbins is someone they haven't had like all year though. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, they've been hampered with injuries um, and, and it's affect it's affected them in, in, in a lot of ways. Honestly, it really has like it, typically. And I say, Running back is the most replaceable position in the NFL, and that's true. But Le'Veon Bell and uh, I don't even know who uh, Tyson Williams was running for them at one point. I, I don't know. They, they just cut Le'Veon Bell. Freeman. They, did they just cut him? Yeah, they yeah they just practiced. They uh, waived him to, yeah. because I think Latavius Murray is coming back. This okay, week. okay. So there you go. But none of those guys are going to be the same threat as a J.K. Dobbins is. But nonetheless, yeah, I don't. I'm not too concerned about the Bears injury report until I see it on Friday. This is why we, you know, we record on Wednesday and I'm not going to, you know, make a fool of myself digging too deep into it. Um, so you deal with what it is. And if you, if you don't have Khalil Mack and A. Jackson, that does change my evaluation of the game. Honestly, it does. It like the way I pick this game, the way I, you know, put my money down on it, like it changes based off of those two players, because we saw the effect of that. Like Jake mentioned, we saw the effect of that on Monday night against Pittsburgh. Like, you are going to miss those guys. And even if you have faith, the offense is going to go down the field and score that final touchdown in the final two minutes. You, you, you now like the, the, the script has flipped because you have faith in that now. And now you don't have faith for the defense to hold up. If you know, they have to hold the opposing offense from going down the field in the, in the final two minutes, you know, isn't funny how thing changes, Jake, how things change. Like if you would have told me three weeks ago, would I have more confidence in, my offense to go down the field and give me a touchdown to win the game or my defense without Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson to hold the opposing offense to less than a field goal or touchdown, I would say still defense a thousand percent of the way. And maybe I'm overreacting, but I think maybe as of today, November 17th, I would say offense. And I don't like, I don't I think mean, it's g- that granted, crazy. Given how they played against Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I don't think that's crazy. It's one game and let's not get ahead of ourselves, sure. but I, Justin Fields is a cold-blooded killer who who is able to do that. So I don't think if you are one who is like me who thinks that way, I don't think you're crazy. And that's why, like now you start to talk about this game and what do they need to do to win? Again, like I don't, I'm not looking at this game as something where 17-13 Bears win. Like I don't, I I just don't think we're gonna see these things anymore. And there was a stat here about. So this is what's interesting. The Bears have allowed 24-plus points in each of their six losses this season. Gross. But have allowed 17 points or fewer in each of their three wins. 
And this is why, like, this, this is why they're three and six because that's not sustainable. And I know I, I'm being right. a dead horse here because I've said this all along, but they're going to need to score points. And I have more faith that they'll do it this week. I mean, yeah, you kind of have to. I agree you have more faith in the offense at this point in time, especially given the injuries. But it's still just staggering, the drop-off between Eddie Jackson and then the next guy. Like, we think Eddie Jackson hasn't been that great. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that, you know, discrepancy is like – or that disparity is just absolutely terrifying. So, that's the thing. I mean, like you said, Cleo Mack, sure, there's a chance he plays. But guys who got hurt more recently, Eddie Jackson – was hurt before the Pittsburgh game. And then Akeem Hicks and Allen Robinson left the Pittsburgh game, came out of it with injuries, and they didn't practice today. It's going to be tough, especially, I mean, the Allen Robinson one, he kind of had like his coming out party-ish against <laughs> Pittsburgh okay. with Justin Fields. Like it finally looked like they were on the same page. Yeah, yes, yes. So that's, I mean, especially in an offense where you're trying to, and it looks like you're finally starting to get some traction and you take away Allen Robinson, I don't love that, but. Also, I mean, worth noting, Lamar Jackson was sent home today with an illness. Yeah, Alleg- I, allegedly not COVID nineteen related. Allegedly, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the question is, he vaccinated? We don't know. He's like, I he's not vaccinated. That I think we're all at the very least, everyone's operating under the assumption he's not. But I'm okay, pretty sure so he's not. That's a story to follow. Um, we'll have to see about that. But as far as when you talk about the drop off between Eddie Jackson and the next best guy that's true but they do get Deion bush back this week or, or they might i think he's questionable at the moment did Deion bush practice today um as you're looking at the report because he was supposed to come back uh off of ir or his, his return his his same thing as tevin jenkins i think his i think he was on ir in his window 21 day window to return had opened up this week so you might get him back and, and we talk and here's where this is now you want to get into the game talk all right let's get into it you yep. talk about the importance of Deion bush okay did you watch the Dolphins and the Ravens last week? And, yeah. And, and what? Well, actually, I watched like half was. of it, and then I turned it off because it was so gross. And I it was so on gross. North Carolina. Yeah, and and I don't blame you for doing that. But it's really interesting if you look at what Miami did to stop the Ravens and what they did to neutralize them. I got the stats here. I mean, it was blitz, blitz, blitz. Highest DB blitz rate in a game since 2015. The the Dolphins had two safeties who played 40% of their snaps in the box. They were blitzing three-plus DBs the most times since 2015, two-plus DBs like the most times since 2017. They threw everything they could at the Ravens to stop them, and the Ravens had zero response for it. Now, how does – and what I'm saying, I'm not going to sit here and say the Bears are going to replicate that because right. teams go back and watch the tape. Teams learn, you know – the screens weren't working for the Ravens to beat the blitzes last week. You get a week of practice or for them, it's 10 days. Cause that was a Thursday yeah. night game. They're going to figure out how to beat those blitzes. So you can't do that, but it's proven that at least blitzing more than, I don't know, 20% of the time is going to be successful. But Jake, the bears have the second lowest blitz rates in the NFL at 16.2% second lowest. And the, and the, and I just, I, part of me doesn't understand. Like I, I think Sean Desai has been a fine coordinator and I'm not criticizing Sean Desai, but you know, if you have a guy like Khalil Mack out, if you know you're not getting pressure because Akeem Hicks is on the sideline, why aren't you dialing up more plays? Because Jake, last week you gave Ben Roethlisberger like, or two weeks ago now you gave him eight seconds and he, 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 Ben Roethlisberger diced you up. You give Lamar (laughs) that much time. He's going to find Marquise Hollywood Brown down there somewhere, or he's going to break off and, and, and outrun anybody on your defense. 
you have to DB blitz. You have to blitz at a higher rate than 16.2%, lowest in the NFL, or second lowest in the NFL, if you want to beat the Ravens. And Deion Bush coming back gives you the flexibility to do that because he's a DB. You throw him in a nickel-dime package, a corner blitz, he can play that role. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it might be, you know, without with some guys out, you know, just the blitzes haven't been coming. Maybe it's just a difference in philosophy and and how he wants to coach. Because, I mean, the defense has, for the most part, worked well, I think, given the injuries that you've had. And I've I've had no – I mean, we did this in our last show. We kind of – we graded Sean Desai. I think we both gave him a B, B plus. So, it's not – I think that it'll show if Sean Desai takes notes from the Ravens' loss to the Dolphins – and kind of brings them into his game plan. I think that'll show and that'll be, like you said, it's, you know, it's John Harbaugh, it's the Ravens. They're going to learn from that loss, obviously, but you still should be taking at least some elements from that Dolphins game and trying to use it and seeing if you can still get that kind of success that they had and at least trying it. Now, of course, a big part of that is going to be Robert Quinn, not lining up (laughs) offsides a million times, but uh, especially if Cleo Max out and he's your best rusher available, but I mean, we'll see. I, I think I just want to see more like, cause here's my problem. The bears historically bad off the buy. They've lost like the last seven, seven. in a row yep. off of buy. And, you know, especially, and of course it comes right when Justin Fields is starting to get, you know, uh, get some momentum and start to play well. So that's a little scary. So that's, I mean, we're going to learn a lot about Justin Fields. We're going to learn a lot about Matt Nagy. Uh, I mean, not much more you can what learn. What the hell him. are we learning? Yeah, what are we? Yeah, we're not learning but, anything about anybody. But Sean right Desai now. too, and just what this team is made of. Because I mean, I will say, like this team does historically stick together. We've been saying for a long time now that somehow th- yeah. that this locker room is going to start to fracture, and they never do. So never. Maybe they surprise us, but I mean, it's a game that, like, I, I hate to say it's winnable because I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. But I mean, it's definitely winnable, and it's. Like regardless, even if Khalil Mack's out, I'm gonna operate under the assumption that Khalil Mack does not play in this game. Really? Now, uh, yeah. I mean, that's just how I'm gonna operate. I'm also gonna operate under the assumption that Eddie Jackson doesn't play, and Akeem Hicks. I'm gonna assume Akeem Hicks plays because that's pretty typical of him. But to you know, just kind of muscle through and play in this game. But I mean, if you th- this is gonna be the game where I think you need a complete game, like. In the last game against Pittsburgh, the defense didn't play great, but the offense stepped up and kept you in it. And all of the Bears wins, the defense is kind of mostly yes. giving you all your opportunities, and the yes. offense has happened to take advantage of you know the Cincinnati game. Obviously, all the turnovers that and you took advantage of that. Uh, the Lions game, the Lions just couldn't operate from inside twenty yards in the red zone, and you had to take advantage of that. And I mean, some of that was your defense as well, and so. It's think like I think this is gonna have to be your most complete game because you're not gonna win just based off of a couple. I mean, obviously every game is won on key moments, but like you're gonna have to play a complete football game. Like this Ravens team, I know people are questioning how good they are, quote unquote, following that Dolphins loss, but they're still a pretty damn good team with an MVP candidate at their quarterback. So I, I mean you have to play a complete game. So they do they should be questioned because if you want to look at their schedule like this is this is a good team don't get me wrong look at the ways they've won their games they've played two overtime games won one against the uh the Vikings lost one against the Raiders Bears beat the Raiders they got slaughtered by the Bengals 41-17 Bears beat the Bengals lost ugly to the Dolphins 
beat the Lions by two on the longest kick in NFL history yeah. that goes in. Uh, beat the Chiefs by one at home. Like, and then they have a few good wins, but like this, I don't know, man. I, I like this isn't well, a daunting remember, team. This we is, also we also have to remember what Tom Waddle said to us, though. You have to right, stop. And right, you, right. You have right. to stop well, approaching these games based on who yes. the opponent is. You have to start approaching this game based on who the Bears are. And who the Bears are is a very mediocre team who, albeit they've been better at home, but, you know, they haven't, like, they're an, a mediocre team. They're an average team that was starting to get some momentum on offense, then hit the bye. They're a team that is historically bad after the bye. Mm-hmm. And they're a team that is going up against a really, really good quarterback and they've struggled against really, really good quarterbacks this year, except Derek Carr, really. So, or, Der- or Joe Burrow. I mean, see, the thing with the Cincinnati game is with me, though, like Cincinnati, that week two team was not the same Cincinnati team you saw in like the next four weeks after that, three, yeah. four weeks after that. Like they, they played much better. And like when they won whatever, four out of five games or whatever it was, like when they started to play well and when mm-hmm. they beat Baltimore, they were playing way better than they did in week two. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that could be an indictment on the bears and you know, that could just be the bears neutralized them. I don't know. I mean, the thing, the thing you have to look at too. So there's a couple of things to note about, you know, obviously you have to bring up the opposing team. Like, yeah, you may not want to evaluate it based off of that, but you have to bring these things up. Right. The bears are a significantly better team at home. They just are. I mean, it, we have the evidence to believe that. Um, I, I, I mean, their best win is at home against the Bengals. I would say you, you that 49ers game got away from you. You should have won that game. Well, um, well, it's their best. It's it's their best win, but like because your other three. win was on the road. Well, and, and your other win Detroit. was against the Lions. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what I mean. But they're a better team at home. You know, you kept it close with Green Bay. That game kind of got away from you. But something in the chat kind of popped in my mind. Chicago for Real says I think they found something in the second half against Pittsburgh, and I think I I think I think I think that could be true. Now, okay, again, well, the question is, did they find something or did Justin Fields find something? Well, I know Justin those, Fields I know, the, I know those things are like to go hand in hand, but I mean, how much of that not. was like, like, I, I like, we want to believe that we want to believe this team is figuring things out. And yeah, you're pretty much out of the playoff picture. Like, unless you go on like some crazy run or, you know, something at the end of the season here. You got to go but, six and two. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, sure. We'll say that. Um, but like. We want to believe that we are, we're looking for the sign. That, okay. The bears have something like, all right, this is where they turn it around. This is where they turn the corner. Like I'll be fine. If it's just Justin Fields turning the corner, because also like me too, you, like you have to consider that like this defense with the injuries, they might be not finding anything. <laughs> like, I don't think the defense found anything in the second. No, 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 like, no, I know. I, I, I know. Think... And I know this is more about the offense yeah, than anything. Like, I mean, the follow-up comment, the tight ends came alive. Yeah. And that was great. They started using that. And you know, I think, I mean, I think it's fair to say the Steelers are a much better defense than the Ravens are. At least they have better players. Ravens are the worst pass defense in the NFL so, by yards per game. And, and you still have Justin Fields, who has still been – I saw this. Justin Fields has the same amount of 20-yard pass plays already than Mitch Trubisky did in his full final season in Chicago. Wow. I, I believe it's 20. 20 for 20-plus 20 yards. Well, I guess Mitch only played like – 
seven games. But too. still, I mean, regardless. <laughs> yeah, as a rookie, you know, regardless, that is something that. Or maybe it was, or maybe it was Mitch's rookie year. Hold on, let me let me go back. Yeah, that, I think that would make more sense. I think that's what it you was. wouldn't really compare those things. But I, I again, like it's a, it's about the offense. It's about the offense. That's that's the only thing you need to come alive. That's the only thing you need to find because you don't need to find anything on defense. Whatever you already know what exists there. You already know what is everything that needed to be found has been found. You figured it out. Defense is not an issue. It never has been. But if you start to click on offense and you start to take away, like the thing, I think what's important and why I, I want to hit on that comment is you previously, you didn't have tape on what worked. Like nothing was working. You couldn't go back for a week and, and, and during the buy and say, I don't, we, we don't have tape on what worked because literally nothing worked. You Real have, quick. It was it, fields already has 20 pass plays okay. of 20 yards or more this season, tying Trubisky's total from last season. So okay. it was last season, but I yeah. mean, still, it's that's, something. Yeah, it's still, it's something, uh, especially when he was well, completely neutralized. And well, and you have to consider Justin started the year late. That's true. So, all right, anyway, we'll consider continue. it relevant. But um, anyway, about the offense, and you know, you have a whole half of football. You got 30 minutes now of, of high quality offense. I would consider that high quality offensive football. You have 30 minutes of that to go back sure. and watch. And if you do have one brain cell, Matt Nagy, or the rest of the or the rest of the you know offensive staff, you look at that and you learn from it. In the past, like, and 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 I don't know, like the the weird thing about this team too is like they they did this against bad teams last year, but they, they were able to mount good offensive performances together. Once it you just needed that one game to kind of, you know, light the fire and, and, you know, just light it up. And then from there you go, maybe, maybe you're seeing that now, right? I mean, it was the Jacksonville game or I think whatever game came first, Jacksonville or Houston, whichever one came first. I don't know which one. I mean, you put together four straight good offensive games. You scored 30 plus points in four straight games. Maybe they do have the tendency to get hot uh, uh, under Bill Lazor. I, I mean, it's, it's possible. I'm just saying it's possible because, I, I, that streak could, you know, he says right on. That streak could start now. It, 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 it potentially could. Jake, you look at the defense. Worst pass defense in the NFL. You have yep. a favorable matchup. You know, if Dave Monk, I think Dave Montgomery is totally healthy. I don't think to worry about that. Yeah, but I would say so. Yes. This is, and and now this this is the other thing too, though. Like, air it out, but do don't like now. You don't have to get too greedy. You don't have to say, well, we don't have to take you have to take advantage of we, we're gonna go downfield all the time. No, do what do what worked. Give me Jimmy Graham up the seam for 20 yards. I loved that. Give me Cole Komet seam 15 yards all day, man. I mean, you're gonna kill a defense that way. And that's what they should do. And and then you hit on the things underneath, then it opens up the things downfield. I I I think what else is interesting is the Baltimore Ravens defense is the worst defense in the league defending yards after the catch. But the Bears are by far the worst offense in the league with yards after the catch. Guess how many they have on the year yards after the catch? Oh God, they're it's too it, it would be impossible for you to guess. Five hundred fifty-two. Okay, but guess what? Thirty-first in the NFL has. So the Bears have five hundred fifty-two yards after the catch. Thirty-second in the NFL. Guess what? Thirty-first in the NFL has. Seven hundred and sixty something. 895. Jesus Christ. So the drop off from 31st to 32nd is 343 yards. Like, I, and, and, but that's why I say it's a very well matchup. The, the Ravens have not been able to defend yards after the catch. They haven't been able to tackle guys, I guess. So it's, <laughs> someone says Nagy's got to go after me reading that stat. Yeah. But I think, because we talked about like, 
Well, there's a, there's there's two ways to look at it. You either get your guys in open space or you force the ball the guys down the field. You can do both. Both can exist, but you don't want to rely on either. So you have to get sure. both going. You have to get the halfback screens. You have to get the guys the ball in space, but you also have to be able to go down the field and allow Justin Fields to put the ball in the perfect spot. So on Sunday, what do you want to see? Okay. What do you want to see? What would be a beautiful offense for you? Is it more Cole Komet? Is it Me more personally? Graham? Is it, yeah. Is it halfback screens? What uh, do you want to see on Sunday that you'll walk away from feeling content? Are we assuming Allen Robinson plays? Yeah, I think we'll assume he plays. He was grilling on the trigger okay. today. I think he's going to play. With it, with it not plugged with, in. With it unplugged. Uh, not plugged he, was, in, yeah. he was very upset about the replies on, on uh, Twitter about that. He Alan Robinson was? Yeah, he 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 clapped back at a guy who was like, dude, you got to plug it in. And he was like, I don't know, he just said something. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I know it's an ad, but you probably should plug in grill. At least commit uh, to the bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think we're under the assumption he's going to play. Okay, so – what would a perfect offense for me look like? Um, I mean, cause you're right. You don't want to just take deep shots exclusively. So I think you're like, cause we know, see, I don't know if I want them to start with the deep ball and then build back backwards, so to speak. Yeah. You know, and then going with like the yards after catch type routes in the seam routes with the tight ends, or if I want them to start, but, but then I hesitate to say that because every time they've started short, they stay short. So I guess, yeah, I mean, continuing to take, like continuing to do what you did against Pittsburgh, use the seam, use the middle of the field, and then take the occasional shot down the sideline to Mooney or Allen Robinson, let Justin Fields. That's his best throw down the sideline, those pinpoint deep throws. Mm-hmm. That's what he's best at. Um, and yeah, continuing to use the guys you used, you know, c- continuing to get Cole Komet involved, continuing to get, Marquise Goodwin some looks and obviously staggering that with a healthy dose of David Montgomery. I think that's definitely in and continuing to use kind of what we talked about in the beginning when we were talking about Tevin Jenkins, continuing to use those multiple offensive linemen, you know, that, that extra offensive linemen that are the technically tight end, I guess they go in as, but you know, we know what they're all there for. So yeah, I mean, another, another tight end touchdown. Let's continue the streak of tight ends <laughs> catching a touchdown. Yeah, eight catches, 110 yards. Jesus, that's that's a high billing order, I think, for Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham. But eh, I mean, it's not a the yardage is not a high. I'd, ra- I'd rather see like Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney get that. But yeah, I mean, continuing continuing to do what you did against Pittsburgh, get everyone just post. Continuing to get everyone the ball. Don't just focus on just Mooney. Don't focus on just you know one or two guys. Continuing to get everyone involved and continuing to use that expansive, more expansive play calling and more expansive personnel. And yeah, yeah, let's see a halfback screen. Screw it. Let's get crazy. You want to get crazy? Let's get crazy. So let's see a halfback screen. Yeah, I like how that's crazy. Let's get get wild here. But I mean, you didn't need it against Pittsburgh. I mean, like we we got to that point with let's see a halfback screen because we were just so down bad, begging for any kind of semblance of a functioning offense. We were down tremendously tremendously just looking for some stuff but like oh. now now that we saw the pittsburgh game and we saw cole Komet being used and we saw jimmy graham actually being used in the red zone and we saw signs of life from Allen robinson and we and by god marquis goodwin caught a deep pass like now that we saw those things now it's kind of like okay now i'm okay with you doing regular route stuff i don't need <laughs> i don't need a halfback yeah. screen in my life as badly as i did three weeks ago yeah, exactly. I mean, they should. And it was funny. Matt Nagy was asked today about screens and uh, and who was like, 
Yeah, yeah, we know we're working on it. You know, typical, typical Matt typical Nagy. Matt Nagy we, we're aware and we're working on it. I uh, got to see it to believe it. Um, <laughs> you know, if it's anything like 2019 and, you know, yeah, we know we got to run the ball more, then, yeah, you're not going to see any more halfback screens. But hopefully this is different um, and hopefully you see something. But, again, now, you know, I really – one of the things I kind of liked and what I want them to replicate now is, is what they did in the red zone. I, I liked I, I liked more of the red zone play call we saw last week or, you know, I keep saying last week, the last time they played against, against Pitts, last game. Um, you, you know, the touchdown to Darnell Mooney where, yeah, I love Justin Fields on the roll out there. And now you know he's capable of yeah. making that play in the tightest of windows. You should draw that up. But what they did twice, which I've been calling for for weeks, although it didn't work, uh, it rarely doesn't, the one-on-one the -on -one ball to Jimmy Graham, ISO. Get him on the outside. Jimmy Graham's going to make that play probably eight out of ten times. I mean, I don't know what happened on uh, against the Steelers. I don't know if it, I don't remember. I think it was just a good defensive play. It, it, no, it, um, no, it was the penalty. It was the James Daniels phantom. Well, um, no, there was that, but so that that wasn't the, even the jump ball though. That was like that was just Jimmy Graham like running a different route. But remember, they attempted two balls to him. I think on a previous drive, and uh, he dropped one of them, and then they tried to go to him again. And Justin Fields overthrew it, but they were at least. He they really yeah he messed up the, I think he might have just dropped the first one but you you're taking your chances uh, with Jimmy you're taking your chances because what from, from what have you seen from this offense that plays has just as good of a percentage chance of working as anything else Matt Nagy's gonna draw up you know so I I, I love the idea of getting that one on one well, hopefully Jimmy Bill Graham. Lazor's drawing it up or, or Bill Lazor <laughs> yeah hopefully. hopefully um I mean because the, that's the thing too I don't care how smart your defense is I don't care how good you know your defensive personnel is you can get around that. If you just say my player is better than yours and Jimmy Graham yeah. will come down with that ball. I would like to see them do that again. Try it with Allen Robinson. They've done that in the past. Try it with, you know, Cole Komet maybe now uh, in a fade route or something, not against Fred Warner, you know, things like that. Like if you have the favorable matchup. So, um, cause that's going to be important. Um, scoring in the red zone is crucial for this team because they haven't done it very well. And what they should do is take notes on what Baltimore does because Baltimore is the fifth best team scoring in the red zone, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And what do they do a heck of a lot of? They do a lot of Lamar Jackson design running inside the red zone to screw you the hell up and make you so goddamn confused you have no idea what to do because you got to respect so many guys on that offense now. Well, to you that know, point, got... like I didn't even hate – and obviously I don't hate it because it turned into a touchdown. The Darnell Mooney like pitch slash run, whatever you want to call it, you know, yeah, get it like, technically goes down as a pass. but. I mean, like on that note or in that same vein of confusing stuff, like do that. I mean, and to answer like to your question earlier, like, well, it's perfect stuff like that. I mean, even if you only do it like one or two times, like you did against Pittsburgh, if it works once and you get a touchdown out of it, perfect. Great success. Awesome. Brush off your hands. Good day's work. Like, continue. <laughs> and that's what I mean when I say expansive personnel, a more expansive playbook, you saw the playbook open up against Pittsburgh and it's not like it was a soft defense. It's not like it was a bad defense. This is a defense with, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward and TJ yeah. Watt. Like it's a, it's a good defense and, you know, and other teams have struggled with it this year and you were able to do some cool stuff. I will always vote for doing more cool things than more non-cool things. That's just, that might be a take. I don't know, but it's not a that's take. just my personal thought. I know Kevin. It's and there, well, there's a there, <laughs> I, I know, Jake, I know you're, you know, being sarcastic, but there's a difference, too, between being too cool. You know what I mean? Like, because right, like, don't try to people, do too much. Yeah. You don't got to try to do too much. We don't need to see like, uh, but to be honest, give me Santa's sleigh. Like, I want to yep. see a play like that one time. Yeah. Like, 
there was a point where people were like, don't get too cute. You don't got to be fucking around with Wildcats and stuff all the time. They right. did this a lot with Tariq Cohen. They would just get a little, they would, they would get too cute with them. Right. But now you can afford a little cuteness. Give us, give us that, uh, uh, what was that? That, you know, Tariq Cohen throwing a touchdown to, uh, to Anthony Miller in the overtime of the Giants game, uh, you know, three yeah, years ago in yeah, 2018. Yeah. Give me, give us something like that. Like, yeah, there is a room for creativity without, you know, crossing the line. You know what I mean? So, sure. I like, and, and again, people take those things for granted. Like, they're fun and it's, it, it makes the highlight reel and it's fun to watch back on Twitter for the next few days. But, like, tell me how many defenses are prepared for that type of play. They don't spend all week preparing for those types of plays. So you have to, you have to mix it up. What I would love, let me see a fake pun. Pat O'Donnell's got an arm. Let's see it. Chiefs did We've it last it. week yeah. on, on Monday night or Sunday night. I think it was Monday night. They played the uh, the Raiders. They, they executed it. It works. It works. So I, uh, I think that game was Sunday night. It was Sunday night, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of certain plays, but it doesn't have to be anything well, crazy. Well, that's because we haven't seen creative. it in three years now. We like, haven't, we haven't I mean, seen it since year one. I can't, I can't think of anything crazy like that. But, so, so here's the question though. Like, sh- should you wait to do that? Because hey, like we said, you, you just had, you finally had back-to-back good offensive games. We're like, we understand should you continue just trying to build on that before you bring in like the cre- the more like the ultra creative stuff? Like you don't want to galaxy brain it. Like just- both can exist at the same time. I think I sure. think that like you don't have to like running a one creative plays and sacrificing your whole offensive game plan. You know you can mix Fair. it up and you can add in there. And you know if, if you're rolling on offense or you know because I the last the thing that you don't, here's what you don't want. You don't want to run those types of plays when your offense is struggling. You don't. That's not sure. what you do. And you, you typically you watch the teams that run those plays. It's typically in moments when their offense has been moving well. You know the defense is too much to handle for the defense. The defense doesn't know what to expect, and then you get them, you catch them off guard like that. If your offense is struggling and you're not moving the ball, that's the that's the worst time you can run one of those plays because then you're now now you're crossing that line of getting too cute. Now you're not even getting your offense going. You're not doing anything to get it moving. You're just trying to you're pulling something out of your bag of chips. You're pulling something out of your ass to try to you know get something to work. But if your offense is moving. You're doing well. You can afford to make one of those plays because you have more faith that even if it doesn't work, even if the defense picks up on it, you're going to still be able to get down the field. Or And typically these types of plays are run in the red zone. You still have faith that you're going to be able to score. So I wouldn't do it if I were them. It, like I'm fine with them doing it going to this game unless they struggle, unless they struggle. And Jake and I aren't here talking about you're going to run you know, a, a pass to the offensive lineman every time you get in the red zone. It's a dime a dozen. It's right. They'd maybe run two crazy what we would call crazy plays but these are what good teams too what i love sure. this is what i like to see what the titans have done before get give me all the offensive linemen all the tight ends one running back one tight end fake the draw dave montgomery do the pop pass to the offensive lineman over the line in the end zone i mean that play if 99 percent of defenders on the field think that's going to be a run and then you pop it over him to an offensive lineman it's it's I feel like that play works every time. Uh, I don't know why that one popped in my mind, but yes, I, I I'm I'm with you when I say like I don't think you have to worry about oh you're in the offensive groove now let's not screw it up by doing something fun and creative like that's just the wrong way to think in my opinion. Sure, yeah, I I just worry about them getting too cute. Like I, I would rather them just continue to have a solid general plan than be like all right 
We had two good games. You know, we had, you know, a, a solid second half against Pittsburgh. Time to bring Santa's sleigh back. Like, okay. Yeah, like, here it, we go. Let's pump, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's continue to just have an offense in general. But, no, I, I, I agree with everything you were saying, though, too. Like, try some new stuff because more often than not, if you pick the right situation, it's going to pay off. Now, unfortunately, with the Bears, it's more about the discipline and choosing the right spot to do those things and if they can do that. But in which case, I'm not so sure. But, I mean, it's fine. Um, any other specific notes you want to hit on this game? Yes, there are. Yes, yeah. um, let's let's talk about it as we do every week. Takeaways, okay? The Bears have seven takeaways in their three wins. Okay. Two takeaways in their six losses. What, like, I mean, when was the last time they got a takeaway? I don't think they had one against Pittsburgh. Well, they uh, if you if you exclude a special teams return for touchdown, let's talk yeah, defensive sure. takeaways. Yeah, because I would agree with that. that uh, didn't have one against San Francisco. If you if have to I go remember back to correctly. the Lions game, no, you don't have to go back to the Lions game. Um, this is really good work. research. This is really good podcasting right now. But the per- bottom line is, I'm I'm sorry, but you're 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 at the point where I don't think you're winning a football game without a turnover. I don't like, I don't think you're winning a football game without a turnover with this team. I mean, they need it. They desperately need it because the, the old, you know, identity of the bears defense was Ben don't break. Right. It was, we're going to, they're going to get down the field and we're just not going to break. They're going to kick field goals to death and we're going to hope our offense scores. That, that hasn't been the case the past two weeks. It's been bend and break. It's been both. And the only way to avoid that is, is to get turnovers. Guys, there are so many bad defenses out there personnel-wise, defenses that personnel-wise and scheme-wise are worse than the Bears, but give more opportunities to their offense and are a better overall defense because they get the ball back, because they create takeaways. I mean, Dallas is a perfect example of that type of team. Dallas is one of the best teams in the NFL. Their defense is not phenomenal personnel-wise and and just what they have there, but – Trayvon Diggs gets an interception every game. You get your team the ball back in favorable territory with an offense like they have. You go up two touchdowns, odds are you're not winning that game. The Bears need to create more turnovers. The stats tell you that. I just, I, and that's why, you know, Eddie Jackson hasn't been that same ball hawk, but his effect is still there on what he takes away from you offensively. I mean, Eddie Jackson takes away. Here comes Justin with a hot take. Let's hear it. No, I, I, I hear you, and I'm listening intently, Kevin. You guys are great tonight, by the way. The, Oh, thank um, you. I don't know why you give a pass to Sean Desai. This is a That's big fair. I wouldn't say a pass. Well, I, I mean, wouldn't both, see- both were like, yeah, it's not his fault. But I'm like, this is a defense that, like Vic Fangio during John Fox, remember that? When he mm-hmm. was a defensive coordinator <laughs> in John Fox, they couldn't get a turnover. They're back to that, where there's 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 just no Kyle Fuller this time. But the point is, who's, who's the ball hawk on this team? Where is that defense? That's not here this year, and I don't know why. And, and you see it, none against the Packers, yes. none against the Bucs, none, any of these games, they're going zero, nothing, no turnovers from a team that should be doing at least one a game. I would say part of that is, and also just to, the last time the Bears had a turnover was they forced a fumble against Tampa Bay. Um, oh, good. Good job. But Yeah, job, which really guys. paid off there. Um, anyway, I think, <sighs> I mean, what Justin's asking, you know, why, why aren't they forcing turnovers? Who's the ball hawk? You don't have one. It's a well, personnel it's, thing too. No, it's not just that. Jay, like, like Jalen it, Johnson it, it, isn't an interception but guy. But it's not just that, Jake. It's not like you don't have to just be an interception guy. Well, like, I, interception, I think both can be true though. 
Like, like who's taking the ball away on this defense? Nobody. You don't have anyone that does that. Well, but you, then, you just see, don't. Before this year, did, was Trayvon Diggs branded as an interception guy? I mean, cornerbacks aren't branded as one, as a tackler or a coverage guy versus interception. Like, interceptions just come to you. How do they come to you, though? How do they fall into your hands? Based off of QB pressure and the QB throwing the ball airily okay, right but, into okay, your hands. Then further so to that's that point, the problem. Though. So, okay, go ahead. I just like, like, we've established what Kendall Vildor is. He's well, not right. good. We've established what Duke Shelley is. He's not good. We've established what Tease Tabor is. Not good. Artie Burns, <laughs> bum. Yeah, Eddie Artie Jackson. Burns. Eddie Eddie Jackson. Not. That's what I mean. Like you don't have the like. You well, don't okay. Have, you just but don't have that, good players. But no, it's not. No, no, no. It's not just about that though. Eddie Eddie Jackson's capable of getting interceptions. Justin's partially right. I, I Sean. I think Sean as I does deserve partial blame. Like it has sure. to go both ways. And and the reason why is like you look at those blitz percentages. Like. I think that is something where it's it's very simple schematically. You can either call it or you can't, and you you just gotta dial up more of them. That is how tur- turnovers are created from pressure. We know that turnovers are created from pressure, and they're created from you know causing the QB to roll out and make an errant throw, cause the QB to rush their throw into a bad throw. That that's just that is the most fundamental way to create a turnover is either get after the quarterback and force a fumble on him or pressure the quarterback into making a bad throw where your cornerback's going to be, even if he's in a bad spot, even if your quarterback's not had perfect, your cornerback's not in perfect coverage, he's going to be able to get an INT if you put pressure on the quarterback. So that's why if I have one main criticism, I would have to go back and really find out what I don't, what I do and don't like about Sean Desai. I would have to do, you know, deeper research on that. But the fact that, you know, you have to recognize what you're good at and what you're not good at. And if you understand that you're second to last in the league in pressure, why aren't you dialing up more blitzes? You're second last in the league in blitz percentage. Why aren't you dialing up more of them? I mean, at this point, like they've proven that they can get beat over the top, and maybe he doesn't want to ever play cover zero, which is what the Dolphins did against the Ravens. They played cover zero a tremendous amount of times, which is evident because they were running all those DB blitzes, and they were, you know, tr- allowing the Ravens to try to go over the top on him, but the pressure was getting them too quickly. They couldn't. You have to be aware of the strengths of your team and, and not just the strengths of your team, but what they've done. And you have to look at those stats and you have to dial up more pressure, find ways to get more pressure on the quarterback. Jake, this was a problem last year too. You have talented players on the defensive front to get pressure on the quarterback. It's not happening. Okay. Don't just wait each week for all those guys to do it. Help them out. Right. It's, it's like, it's the same conversation you have on offense, right? The running game's not where things aren't working. Help them out. Throwing an offensive lineman, throwing, run it, run better plays. I think they have to dial up more blitzes. I think they have to find a way to create more pressure, especially in the absence of Khalil Mack. So, yeah. The and Justin says maybe Jake's point is that Desai doesn't truly trust Duke Shelley. That's true. And yeah, I mean, and but I wouldn't trust think, Duke Shelley to hold the door open. Then, then tell me why Brian Flores trusts the bum players on the Dolphins defense. You know, I don't. I don't think it. it it's, I mean, you should have trust in your players, and I know it's hard at times, but I don't think that should be a complete reason. To not well, well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, that, I, like I'm not going to stand here on a soapbox and say Sean Desai is doing a great job. He's he's fantastic. There's no one better than him. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> but he's done a fine job. I mean, that's why I'm saying he's like he's a B. Like that's why I would grade him like a B. Give it like because especially because the defense has kept you in more of these games this year than they haven't. Like you know, even during, like sure there was the Cleveland game, but they were on the field a million times, and the offense was like. The defense, for the most part, has kept you in these games. And Sean Desai, given the Cleo Mack injury, given the Akeem Hicks being in and out of the lineup, given 
you know, you only really having one inside linebacker and the other being the ghost of Danny Trevathan and Alec Ogletree, like given everything that you have personnel wise, given that you only have one real cornerback, given that Eddie Jackson is a wishy-washy safety, like, I think that's why I think he's like, that's why partially, yes, could decide to do some things better. Absolutely. The entire team could. That's why they're three and six, because a lot of things could be way better. But given what you have, I'm not ready to say like, I'm not ready to, you know, send Sean Desai out on a boat with no supplies. Like he's been fine. I think like Sean Desai is not the problem. That's why I'm willing to, to use Justin's phrase, (laughs) give him a pass. Because he's been problem, but you just don't have very good players. You don't have as good of players as you did in 2018. You don't have as good of like, yes, you still have very good players in Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. But I think the sum of the parts is not nearly as much as what it seems to be when you look at the name value. Like, I I don't think the actual value on the field is as much as the name value that Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks bring to you. You like, they're just not as good. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's why, like, fair. That's but... why that's why it's not a D or an F grade. That's why it's not an A grade. It's just firmly in that B minus B grade because Sean Desai has done a fine job, all things considered. Like when you look at it as a okay. whole, that's fair. I do, I just think like there are ways there are ways to help those guys out. Like there are ways to help out the guy. Just as there are ways to help out the guys up front, there's oh, ways yeah. to help out the guys in the sure. secondary too. You know, you don't if you don't want Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley to run with Marquise Hollywood Brown all night or all day on Sunday, what are you gonna do? Right. You, you have gonna, to figure you something have to, out. You have to at, figure at some something point out. you have to figure something out. Exactly. So we're running out of time. We gotta go in game predictions, but yep, I, I would like to see a little bit of a change. I Deshaun Desai has been fine. I have no, I'm not very critical of him. I'm, I'm perfectly content, but you want to see a little bit something different on Sunday, especially based off what you saw the Dolphins do to them last week. That's it. Sure. All right. Game predictions. We'll start wrapping up here. Bears are dogs, I believe at home. They're like slight dogs. It's not huge, but again, you're a home dog and that never feels good, but you're not a very good team. Ravens coming in off after they just got embarrassed by the Dolphins on Thursday night football. They've had extra time to prepare. We just talked about, a million different things in the last couple minutes here. So we'll get to it. All right. Bears coming in four and a half point dogs at home. Kevin, where are you going? Yeah. So I've got them covering the spread for sure. Uh, I I you have them winning. We we all know that. Well, I, yeah, I do have them winning. I look, I'm, I'm five and four this year, picking the bears. I know people say, well, you always pick them to win. No, I've, I've picked them to lose a number of times this year. I picked them to win last week. They should have won last week. All right. My, I have reasoning for these picks. And as much as it may seem like that's not the case, I do have reasoning for these picks. They're going to play better. They're going to play a close game in the Ravens at home. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to overtime. Their last two meetings have gone to overtime. But they've won their last two meetings against the Ravens at home as underdogs in both of those games. Tell me why they can't do it again with a promising quarterback coming off of a strong week last week. This is a guy who builds and and is not going to just – fall down after that he if anything he's going to be better i i think they win this game 27 23 I, I i think they come out of here with a win i think the ravens have been they've either looked really good or really bad this year they've been you know kind of fraudulent at times 
They've lost to some really bad teams. That's, that's objectively a hilarious statement. Like, yeah, they look they look good sometimes. They look bad sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. If that's if it, yeah, that's my basis for picking. No one should listen to me. Um, but it's it's true. Like I already mentioned to you, the two overtime games against the Raiders and the Vikings. You know, they've let teams come back on them. They've also gone down and come back on teams. So. I think regardless of how this game goes, the Bears have shown they can come back on teams now. They came back down 14 in Pittsburgh on Monday night. The Bears can do these things. I think they build off the performance. For some reason, they fight for each other. For some reason, they stay cohesive as a team. I think that carries in. They're due. Jake, what happens when a guy is on a slump for so long? At some point, he's going to hit a home run. Bears 0-7 after the bye. This is where they hit the home run. They get the win 27-23. All right. Um, unfortunately, I am on the Ravens side of this. Um, I do think they win this game. Fair. I, they I very just, well could. The, the Bears' history after the bye. I love Justin Fields, and I love what we're seeing from him. But I need to see it continue. And there's, and I'm not saying that it doesn't. But I'm assuming Khalil Mack doesn't play this game. I'm gonna assume Eddie Jackson doesn't play this game. I just don't think you like the Ravens have the better quarterback. They have the better coach, which I think says a lot, especially in this game. And. Like, I'm not saying that, like, my prediction is going to be, like, I think the Ravens win this game 23-17. Like, I don't think they blow you okay. out. I don't think they, yeah. like, I think it's a, I think it's going to be like Pittsburgh, like a game you should win, and it just happens to slip away from you. And it's going to suck, and it's going to hurt. But I do think they, the Ravens escape barely with a win. I would love to be proven wrong. I, I feel like I say that every week. But I yeah. just don't have faith in One this time. team coming off the bye, given their history, especially in the Matt Nagy era. So, I'm going to go Ravens well, slightly, but I mean, of course, I, I mean, I'm wrong a lot. Could easily be wrong. Quite frankly, I don't know why we even talked this whole podcast. All we should be doing is looking at who the referees are um, for the <laughs> game. Uh, I don't I don't. Cassius I, Marsh I, was a practice squad protection this week. Uh, let's go. Somebody tried to Our claim him and Cassius. the Bears said no. Let's go. He's, he's essential. I feel like now he's like. Like he's he's our, like we gotta stand with him now. Like we gotta fight for him now because of the oh, yeah. so dirty. Oh, make um, Cash is Marsha Bears Nation pod guy. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to get him on here. It's possible. I uh, I'm trying to find the assignments. I I, I can't find them. But I, as long as it's not Tony Carrenti, should be. In the so. <laughs> yeah, but all right. So I'm picking the Ravens. Kevin's picking the Bears. You know, one of us is gonna be wrong. Hopefully, it's me. But. It's good to be back. Good to see your beautiful smiling face again, Kevin. We will be back again on Monday to break it down, break down what happens in the Ravens game, whichever way it goes, as we always do. So until then, we hope you all have a wonderful time. We thank you, and we appreciate you for listening, for watching, for commenting. You guys are great. We love you. Until Monday, take it easy. I don't know why I said that, but bear down. Bear down. Come on. Bear down. Chicago.